we've been doing this series called Rhythm. Rhythm. And, and this, this, this <clears throat> um, series really is about, like, how do we get back into rhythm? Because doesn't it feel like we kind of get out of rhythm, especially the last two years, it's been all over the place, right? And how do we, how do we as a church, begin to um, uh, outlive the vision God has given us? Pono Aroa Manaki, Real Love Serves. How do we begin to outwork that in, as a church? And, but better yet, how do we get back into rhythm with God? Right? You know, everything. The ch- church is out of rhythm, schools at workplace, shopping, getting your mask, forgetting your mask, and you're walking into a store and no one's wearing masks. I'm thinking, do I not wear a mask? I'm wearing a mask. I'm not sure. We're just getting out of rhythm. Right? And, and, and this is what the series is about. This is the last part of our series. If you missed any of it, it's okay. You can go back and watch it back on YouTube. That's right. You watch it back on YouTube or uh, on podcast. It'll be great. Is anybody, does anybody here, when you went to school, anybody here not like school speeches? Anybody not like school? Oh, oh thank you. I'm not, I'm not the only one. I hated school speeches. In fact, I, I, it absolutely petrified me. Okay, now the reason why it petrified me is that I have issues with speaking. I find it hard to say words and, and to, especially when they get complicated, it's hard for me to say words. I have to think really, really hard when it comes to my speech because I can easily mumble, I can easily not say or pronounce words properly. And um, because of that, um, it's what was one of my greatest fears growing up is to speak in front of people. In fact, um, if you, uh, a survey was done for human beings, because only human beings can fill up surveys. Anyway, um, and did you know that um, the greatest fear for human beings is public speaking? Number two is dying, which means you'll rather be in the coffin than give a eulogy, which is very interesting. And so, um, I, and I picture folks. So, uh, so well, uh, you know how in, in school and you and you do some project and it's on the board, and the teacher gets you to read it in class. I was absolutely afraid of doing that. And the one day the teacher got me to get up and begin to read it. And I'm reading it, and I'm like so afraid of my legs shaking like this. And I get to this word, I couldn't say it. I knew what it meant, but I couldn't say it. And the teacher thought I copied my work, but it was my work. I just couldn't say the word. And then I got ridiculed and in trouble for it. And so I said, you know what? I'm never going to speak in public ever again. I was like a possum in headlights. Like, you know what I mean? You ever done that on Zoom? Like you're talking to someone, you just freeze, and they go, oh, I think we've lost ants, uh, you know, just kind of playing around. You should try that. It's actually quite interesting. It's funny how uh, these words Zoom, these words never existed two years ago, um, and the fact that you all know what I'm talking about when I say Zoom. And so public speaking, I, I, it's not just it's not who I am, it's, it's, it's petrified, but I'm, I'm so afraid, which is quite ironic of what I do today, right? Which means don't compare your kid to someone else's kid when they're growing up. Like all the other kids, oh, all the other kids are getting up and speaking and do all these great How come my kid can't do that? Right? Or why, is, why is everyone else getting all the rewards but my kid isn't? That's me. Yeah, our Sunday school exam, when I went to Sunday, I went to the Mangare PIC church, and the Sunday school exam, we would do it every I would get the lowest mark. The only thing I'll do on my Sunday school exam was write my name on it. Like I, I, I knew nothing and I, and I was the, the worst student. Now, today, I teach the Bible which is quite ironic from where my beginnings were, which I was so far from it. And we can't compare our kids. And, be, and it's okay to be average. What does it mean if your kid is average? What does it mean to be average? To be average means that you're like everyone else, which is okay. 
right? It's okay to be average. Let's not compare ourselves to other people. Like, I haven't got that gift. Man, that person's amazing. Sing, oh, poor old, she can hit those notes. Oh, Lord, you know, I can't be like that person. Can't draw like, let's not compare ourselves. It's okay to be average. In fact, in fact, you are made perfect. God made you. And he does not make mistakes. He does not make mistakes. Did you know that Walt Disney, has anybody heard of Walt Disney before? You know, Disney, the Disney channel where we can now watch Obi-Wan. Uh, now this just come out, just for all the Star Wars fans out there. Disney, so this is Walt Disney. Walt Disney was fired from the Kansas City Star in 1919. Do you know why they fired him from that newspaper? They fired him from that newspaper because the editor said that he lacked imagination and had no good ideas. Walt Disney. Michael Jordan was cut from his high school basketball team. And he turned out to be an okay basketball player. Now we've got shoes named after him. Check out my Jordans that I haven't got. If you've got any you want to give me, anyway, carry on. Alvis was kicked out of the Grand Ole Opry in 1954, and they told him to stick to his day job driving trucks. Alvis Presley. Albert Einstein. Albert Einstein did not speak until he was four. And he did not read until he was seven. He got expelled from school, and, and he couldn't even get into his local polytechnic, right? Long story short, he came around, right? Albert Einstein, he came around. See, life's biggest opportunities aren't always obvious. It's not always obvious. Oh, uh, you know, I'll never, I'll never speak. I'll never be a, get, on, get, get onto a public step. It's not obvious wherever we are. But, you know, we have this negative relationship with failure. Like we just don't like to fail. And so sometimes, and here's the thing, when we are afraid to fail, we just won't try something. We won't do it because I'm afraid of failing. I failed and, and, and you know, and I can't, I can't do it. Once Michael, Michael Jordan said, well, I couldn't get into my basketball team, so I'm just going to give up basketball. Once we said that, right, we wouldn't have Jordan's shoes. Anyways, so failure is a massive part of being able to be successful. Did you know the most successful people in the world have failed more than you would ever fail? You know why? Because, they can t- because um, they're not afraid of failing. That's why they succeed. Because we learn from our failures. We learn from our failures, right? We just, we've got to get comfortable with failing. It's okay to, be, to fail because it's where the lessons are. Failure helps us recognize where we need to grow. Like, let me ask you this question. Where are you failing in your life right now? Because that area in your life is where you need to grow. Rather than just hide it and go, oh, I'm failing in this, I'll just hide it, I'll just ignore it. Actually, no, press into it. Actually, recognize it. This is where I need to get better. Where are you failing in your marriage that's the area you need to grow in your marriage. Where are you failing um, in your workplace as an employee, as a friend, as a work uh, colleague, which is as a friend, whatever? Where are you failing in those years? Because that's where we need to get better. We need to press into it and we need to grow and grow and to learn from it. John Maxwell said this. John Maxwell is this famous um, teacher on leadership. He's Christians. They kind of look at his teaching on leadership as part of like, it's like the Bible with John Maxwell. Well, anyway, he said this. He said, fail early, fail often, but always fail forward. Say it again. Fail early, 
fail often, but always fail forward, meaning we've got to learn from our failures. So if we're going to fail, learn from it. Learn from them. He says the more you do, the more you do, so whatever, the more that we do, the more that you're going to fail. Because if we're afraid to fail, we're going to we stop doing things. We limit ourselves. So he says the more you do, the more you fail. The more you fail, the more you learn. The more you learn, the better you get. Come on. Failure is a stepping stone for success. So today I want to talk about a man who failed in the Bible. What I love about the Bible, the Bible is full of people just like you and me who failed from time to time. Anybody fail from time to time? The Bible is full of people just like you and me. It's so relevant to our lives. If you're looking for a title for my message this morning, um, it is make a difference. Make a difference. You were born to make a difference. And, and this, the man I want to talk about in the Bible, his name is Aaron. Aaron, the older brother of Moses. So God uses Moses, and, and he leads the children of Israel from slavery, from Egypt, and into, into freedom through the Red Sea. And as they cross through the Red Sea, they come to this mountain, Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where God gives the children of Israel the terms of the condition of the covenant that God is making with the children of Israel. This is the covenant. So God says to the children of Israel, we, this, I am making a covenant with you, and these are the, the, the terms to this covenant. And we know them today as in the Bible as the law, the Torah, or the Ten Commandments, right? The Ten Commandments. This is the covenant. This, it's, it's like this. It's like a marriage ceremony. Think of a marriage ceremony. And these are the vows that we're making to one another. And, and I am agreeing to these vows, and we say, uh, I will. I will. And this is what, so God has a, so it's like Israel and God gets married. They get married. These are the terms of the covenant. And so let's read it in the story. So Exodus, Exodus chapter 4, verse 3. Then Moses went down to the people and repeated all the instructions and regulations the Lord had given them. All the people answered with one voice. About his, this is the terms of the covenant. We will do everything the Lord has commanded. We will. I will. You know, this marriage covenant. Then Moses disappeared into the clouds. This is now verse, verse 18 at the end of the chapter. Then Moses disappeared into the clouds as he climbed higher up the mountain. So he's going back up to, to God on Mount Sinai. He remained on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. So Israel, they accept the terms of this marriage covenant, of this covenant between God and the people. They, say, they, they said, we will do everything the Lord has commanded. Right? So this is that. They say, yes. We will. Then Moses heads back up the mountain. Now, it's really interesting. The very next chapter, Exodus chapter 32. So they've had this marriage. They go, yes, I will. We will. Let's go to the next chapter. Exodus chapter 32. When the people saw how long it was taking Moses to come back down the mountain, they gathered around Aaron. Come on, they said. Make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to this fellow Moses. What happened to that fellow? Father, that guy said he was just going up. He hasn't been back. He said he's going to get some milk. We haven't seen him. <laughs> so he's going up there. Where is this fellow Moses who brought us here from the land of Egypt? There's no like, oh, you know what? Where's, that? Where's our leader? Let's, let's, put, let's send out a search party. There was no care. This was like, oh, let's get us another leader. Uh, let's get us another God. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters, and bring them to me. 
All the people took the gold rings from their ears and brought them to Aaron. Then Aaron took the gold, mounted it down, and molded it into a shape of a calf. So Aaron takes the gold, mounts it, and he forms a calf, a golden calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Fascinating. This is the next chapter. Right after they said, we will do everything you have commanded us. Are you, is anyone familiar with the Ten Commandments? If you're not familiar with the Ten Commandments, the second commandment of the Ten Commandments says this, you shall not have no other gods before me. You shall not make any images and worship it. So they, they stand at the altar and they say, we will, I dedicate myself, I'm putting, I'm, I'm, uh, putting everyone else aside except, and I'm, I'm dedicating myself to you. So, so this is what happened. On the day of their marriage, of giving each other's vows, that very night, Israel goes and have adul- has adultery with God. This is what's happening, right? It's like, you, it's like you're cheating on your spouse on the wedding day, right? You shall not have any other gods or worship them apart from me. Yes, yes, we, we will follow everything you say. Next chapter, let's build some gods so we can worship it. The next day, the next chapter of the Bible. To make things worse, it was Moses. It was Moses' older brother, Aaron, who should have known better, right? He had been with Moses and he, and he had witnessed the power of God. And if we read the chapters before that, uh, it was Moses and 70 of the elders, including Aaron, went up halfway up the mountain and they peered at the top of the mountains where heaven and earth overlapped. And, and they peered and they saw, saw God sitting on the throne looking through this veil of the mountain. He had seen the power of God and he had been with, with Moses as, as he parted the Red Sea. Aaron should have known better. He should have known better. Aaron falls into the trap of people-pleasing instead of God-pleasing. He falls into the trap of people-pleasing instead of God-pleasing. And he makes this image for the people to worship. So Aaron facilitates the people in committing adultery before God. He facilitates this. He facilitates. This is a massive fall, Right? This is kind of like some super pastor, you know, the pastor that we see on TV, and he's got great churches all over the place, and, and, and they've got all these things going on, and then all of a sudden, he falls, or, this, or he's been discovered, or something's happened, and, and we've seen some failing going on, and, and this pastor's fallen, and this is what, this is what Aaron is. Aaron is this, this figure. Past, look, did you hear about Pastor Aaron? Oh, my God. Oh, he had an adult. He had a, he had a, he had a fear. With this golden calf, which is kind of weird. Uh, so, oh my gosh, you hear my pastor Aaron? Oh the, oh, the shame. The shame. You know, he'll never make a difference again. He'll never be used by God again. Shame on him. Oh, Pastor Aaron, did you hear about him? Don't let your past sabotage your future. Don't let your past sabotage your future. Because I'm here to tell you that your past does not define you. Your past does not define you. If it defined me, I wouldn't be speaking right now. Your past does not define you. Some of us are in a trap thinking we're not good enough. God will never use me. You, you don't understand what I've done. 
Come on. Your past does not define you. Because we serve a God who can take your brokenness and your mess and make something beautiful. For God so loved the messy people of the world that he gave his only son. Come on. Come on. He loves you. Have you ever lost everything? Have you ever had your reputation shredded? Your respect gone? Everyone given up on you? Did you hear about Pastor Aaron? (gasps) Do not let your past sabotage your future. Come on. Because when we come back to God with a repented and broken heart, just watch God work. Just watch him work in your life. Those doors you thought were closed will be open. I, I can never go back to that place again. I cannot do this anymore. I can't, yeah. When we go come back to God for a broken, repentant heart, just watch God work. And he turns your, your mess, turns it into a beautiful mess. You're looking at a beautiful mess right now. <laughs> I'm just so beautiful. Come on. Don't let your past define you. You know why? Because every Christian has a past and every sinner has a future. Every Christian has a past and every sinner has a future. I love the story. When, when, what happens next? God begins to restore Aaron. When everyone asks, oh, there's no way Aaron can come back from that. Oh, my goodness. He made a golden calf and everyone's worshiping. There's no way he can come back from that. Come on, when you come before God with a broken spirit and a broken heart and repent before him, you just watch your walk. And God begins to restore Aaron. In fact, he sets him up as a high priest. The high priest, the role of the high priest is interceded on behalf of the people, right? To God. The guy that, that will lead people elsewhere, God entrusts him to intercede on behalf of the people. He trusts him. God, even, with, even in your failure, God still trusts you. God still believes in you. He knows what's inside of you. You may not trust yourself. God trusts you. And and if you lean on him, if you come back to him broken and repented, you watch God work in your life. Numbers chapter 6, verse 22. Then the Lord said to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons, this is how you are to bless the Israelites. Say to them. So this is, this is Aaron. Aaron, who, who knows a God that will use him in his failure, that when he counted himself out, God never counted him out. He begins to say these words that most of us know, because we sing the song in, in this famous um, song that's been sung in the last few years. Verse 24, Aaron begins to say these words, The Lord bless you. And keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be gracious to you. He's been gracious to me. I don't even deserve to be here. But because of his grace, I am here. So I'm here to tell you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And be, and be gracious to you. Because he's been gracious to me. The Lord turn his face towards you. And give you 
peace. Because if he's done it for me, he can do it for you. Verse 27, whenever Aaron and the sons bless the people of Israel in my name, I myself will bless them. Come on. So what does this mean for us? It means your past does not define you. You were created to make a difference. So stop counting yourself out. But pastor, you don't know my past. Yeah, that's true. I don't know your past, but I know a God who knows your future. Man, you cannot, maybe you cannot change your past. But you have the power to choose the very best for your life today. You have that power today. You can choose what you do from this point forward. You can either let your past define you, or you can choose the very best for your life today. Come on. You are born to make a difference. That's why we, that's why serve calling and purpose is part of our vision. Pono Aroha Manaki. Serve calling. You're born to make a difference. And this is, regardless of your past, and, and, and this is why we encourage people to join our serve team. Join our serve team. It's not just because we, 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 need, we need help, and, and we do. But more importantly, we want, you to, we want to release you into your calling so that you can make a difference wherever you are because you're born to make a difference. There used to be this man by the name of Brian who used to come to this church. And Brian, he had two failed marriages, and he was now in his third marriage. Amazing thing about this man, Brian, is that he encounters God here in Elam. He encounters God, and he starts to make a difference. And he joins the serve team, and he starts by being on the door. He starts by just welcoming people in. 18 years ago, me and Porto and our children walk into Hamilton, Elam for the very first time. And the person we meet at the door is Brian. And he welcomes us and says, hello. I was like, hey, <laughs> this guy's happy. He welcomes us in and we go into church and we had just moved from Auckland. We had no family and no friends. And that's why we moved to Hamilton, because of the mess that we created up in Auckland. We're running away from our mess. We're running away from God. And we figured the furthest place away from God is Hamilton. So we moved to Hamilton. And while we're in Hamilton, Porto has this, this idea that we should go to church. And I was thinking, we're going to go to church? Really? So we rock up, and oh, so we come to, the reason we come to Elam is because Elam had this promotion of, hey, get these little vouchers and um, bring it to church and you get a free can of Coke. And so I went around collecting all these vouchers. And the only reason we came to this church is so I can get free Coke. That's it. Free can of Coke. So we rock up to this place. And you know what? I forgot the, my, my vouchers. Oh, great. I'm in church now and I'm not going to get any Coke. Oh, what are we going to do? Right? And what I also noticed is that when I was sitting, we were sitting in church, there was no other brown faces in church. There was no one like our family. And I thought, well, 
I've got no Coke, and we obviously don't belong here, so it's time for us to go in. And as we're leaving, I'm thinking to myself, I'm leaving, I'm leaving for good. I'm never going to come back to this place. Didn't get my Coke, and I don't feel like we belong here because originally, because we're from Mangare, and we're not, and, and this is different to us. As we're leaving out the door, Brian jumps in my face. He goes, "Hello," and I was going, "Man, this guy, what's this guy on?" He's like, and he, and he says, "Hey." Would you like to come around my place for, would you, you and your family like to come over for lunch? And I was like, didn't get my Coke, but I can get free lunch. Score. So you obviously know that I like free stuff. Okay. So I'm like, okay, great. So we go over to his house for free lunch. And I discovered that he had invited another family. And I'm thinking to myself, what? We weren't even your first choice? Now there's another family. I hope there's plenty of food. We get there. And the other family that he had, had invited was this Pacific Island family, the Samoan family. And they were in church that morning, but I didn't see them. I was like, oh, I, was like I hope there's enough family for both of us, because <laughs> we can eat. <laughs> so, and you know what? We had an amazing time fellowshipping with Brian and his wife. It was amazing. It was like, wow. You know what? If we felt like we belonged. Later that night, we turned up to church for the night service. That night, me and Portal gave our hearts to Jesus. Come on, give the Lord a hand. All because of Brian. And I don't know if you've noticed, but we've been here ever since. We haven't gone anywhere. For 18 years we've been part of this church. Come on, you were born to make a difference. Don't let your past sabotage your future. If Brian had resigned himself as a failure, failed in marriage and failed in, in business, then why should I even try? Why would God want to use someone like me? But Brian encountered God and discovered purpose. He just signed up on the serve team, welcoming people in. If it wasn't for Brian, we wouldn't be here. Brian made a difference in our life. I wonder who God is calling you to make a difference into. Whose life is God calling you so that you can be a difference in someone's life? I wonder who that person is. Maybe God is calling you to join the surf team. Well, all I can do is welcome people at the door. Come on. That welcoming someone at the door is why we're here. God has called you to make a difference in someone's life. Someone like me. You were born to make a difference. Come on, let us pray.